How's the painting work going over at the Neald? Almost done. I have completed the painting work on the stage. So the stage and walls are now done. But all I've got to do is the door and I'm pretty much completed the exciting part of the Neald. <laughs> What's the unexciting? No, I don't want to know what the unexciting... You mean the toilets to go? Yeah, toilets? No, no, it's not actually just the foyer and all that rubbish. The bit that people see that doesn't really interest me. <laughs> such a geek <laughs> I know this is the sheer isolation podcast it's presented by Kieran Moore and John Ponting welcome to the sheer isolation podcast um, thank you for joining us this week for another half hour's worth of uh, local music and just generally two people ranting about nothing in particular we are in episode seven um, eight, and number eight Great. I've been uh, I've been seeing the feedback online and it's been wonderful, lovely. Some lovely comments from various radio stations and uh, across. It's wonderful. So thanks very much, guys. It, we're delighted to keep doing it. We're just recording this before they've announced all the full measures of easing, but there are some easings coming into this week. So more shops and stuff will be coming open soon. But no word yes. on venues, or, or do you know different? No, no, no word on venues, and we don't know any difference. So, and as I understand it, all the venues in the area that I associate with aren't making any plans as of yet. So it's still very much, we're going to be last, we're going to be the considered and thought of last, and no, nothing on the horizon for good news, I'm afraid, at the moment. So, although, did you see, in Norway, they have just opened all their 200 capacity venues? Oh, okay. I learned that today on the, um, so, you know, we talk about MVT, Music Venue Trust, they do a interview every day at 11 o'clock, which you can just log onto their Facebook and watch the interview, whoever they're chatting to. And one of the things that came up today um, was, was very much that. It was uh, the fact that, you know, Norway's opened their 200 cap venues. It was really interesting. And I Googled it and looked it all up and it's like, oh, okay. So it can be done. And I don't know how fine Norway we are. So you could potentially see some small venues open this year. Yeah, um, I know New Zealand are going on to 100 soon, 100 capacity. Right, okay. It's interesting how every country does it slightly differently. Yeah. Um, first off, it's about time we played a track. It's my turn to pick a track this week. Excellent. Yeah. So I've picked um, a guy, he's, he's really well known uh, around the Swindon music scene, Daryl Ball. Now, he's been in bands such as the Battleurs, uh, Southern Harmony, Owls in the Southern Wild, kind of that um, Americana style, kind of that nice, I, I don't want to call it easy listening because that's probably quite insulting, but you know, it, it's, it's easy to sit in a bar, have a few drinks, good music to listen to, not, not too heavy, just something, something nice and chill. So this is a few years ago, he moved back to his, um, his home country of Ireland um, but he is still doing music. He's working as a solo artist now. And he had a new track come out uh, last month called Broken Sun, which you can find on various Spotify's and Facebooks and that. Um, but I've picked a track that he recorded last year. So, uh, so this is Daryl Ball with Better Days.
got a new microphone. It's plugged in with my new digital interface. Hopefully it should sound clearer, louder, better. I mean, considering you've probably got about 200 microphones in your spare room, I'm surprised it's taken you eight weeks to plug one into your laptop. <laughs> it's, it's quite embarrassing, really. I just not have the time. But I've, I've just done it a minute ago. It took about 15 minutes to set up and do. And I was just like, why didn't I do this before? It literally took 30 seconds. <laughs> so I'm glad I have, though. Good, good. Oh. Oh, is there a cat? I did, which cat did we see last time? Can you remember? I, th- I think it was this cat. Are they similar uh, looking cats? No, one's grey and one's black. Yeah, I think this was the cat we saw last time. You want to go, don't you? You're not looking very happy. She, no. No, right, gone. <laughs> that cat stormed off. We call him all sorts of rude names under our breaths. Mm. Thing is, when, when the weather's like this, I don't see my cat. I won't see her till the autumn, though. Really? So I'll have little passing glances. I'll, I'll put some food out every day or so. But yeah, she, Just, she doesn't need back to be fed. Time. Yeah, she doesn't We used to have this, this really old cat called Lottie. She was like 100 years old. And I swear to God, I was worried that she, she going to sat in the sun, she'd just burst into flames. But she was just like, you know, we know you get old, old cats, they'll get dry out and go like, like, basically, you know, kindling. Um, and I was worried that she sat in the sun, that she'd just sat on fire. Uh, <laughs> she didn't. She, she lived to a ripe old age. But she never ended up as kindling. So I'm, I'm so glad that someone is joining this conversation because that's just gone really <laughs> insane. <laughs> Cats as kindling. Cats as kindling. There's an art rock song for you right there. Yeah. As is the tradition now on, on this show, we do have a special guest joining us shortly, and we've got some um, uh, Lady Helen Messenger, festival photographer. She is. She, she, um, I think I met her when she came with BBC Introducing, and she came to the Lamb, or they came to the Lamb, to do an outside broadcast, and I believe she was working for them in some capacity. You know, you do, you do the usual, you meet them, you follow them on socials. Um, and then I sort of inter- interacted with her on Twitter, talking about all the kind of nice, cool music that we're into. And obviously, she happens to be a 2000 Trees photographer, or has been in the past. And so you can like, have those sort of little link-ups, which are lovely. And she's just like a really cool person. And I thought, well, why not? Let's get her on, because she'll have an interesting viewpoint or an angle uh, part of her industry that perhaps we haven't featured yet. So I thought it'd be nice to sort of see how she's getting on. Obviously the, the bands and that is, is by far the coolest thing to do. <laughs> of course. You do the couple shoots. Do you have to do that thing where like, you like, you throw them a ball and they have to catch it and it'll be like, <laughs> little prompts. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest, what I like doing is taking photos of stuff while it's happening. So rather than trying to post stuff or make stuff happen in front of me, I think I'm better at just kind of capturing. I, I spot something and I'll go off and I'll capture it, which is really good for band stuff. But it's quite good for weddings. So all our wedding stuff is very candid. So it's, it's yeah. quite similar in the way that you just see a little spot of emotion or just something happening or a movement happening and you go off and kind of grab that. So I've kind of tried to take what I've learned from the music stuff into the wedding, definitely. And then the harder bit is the couple shoot which I think has helped from doing band shoots. I think band shoots are much more like doing portrait photography or couple shoots or that kind of thing. So they were very different. But I think weddings are probably closer to gigs and kind of band shoots are much more closer to doing couple shoots or family shoots. Or that so they are of. actually two different disciplines, aren't they? They're yeah, they're very different. different. Yeah, yeah. Once you start realising that you've got control of the situation, it's very different because it's then up to you to try and get Stimulate it. look the way you want to. But yeah. we always try and do with our couple stuff, kind of the same with the band stuff, is try and make it as natural as possible. So it's not about saying, 
put your arm here or stand here it's you kind of make try and make stuff happen so you use prompts so you get them to say stuff to each other or do stuff and then you just try and capture the natural non-awkward bit (laughs) i think those are always always the best photos in any sort of way and i think it helps and yeah I was looking at your website earlier because um, obviously, I, I, obviously I knew you were a photographer etc um, but it's not necessarily something that I would necessarily go out of my way to go and look at um, I was looking at and you actually got some fantastic shots in there so just going back to what you said then about you know those moments in time absolutely true I looked through your website and I thought some really good pictures in <laughs> um, um, you do trees don't you yeah I think I've done trees in some way some form or another for about six years maybe it must be I think it must be five or six years yeah, so it's usually, I've usually done it for press, I've never done it for festival, I, or I've done it for BSM, so I've done it for them last year, or I've done it, yeah, yes. so it's usually for bands, yeah, so and you know, I, I do as um, in-house, so that's quite fun, because you get to go on and do the whole set, you don't have to have as much restrictions, and you can go and shoot around all over the place and do everything. How did you get into being a photographer, how, and how, did, how long did it take you to get to that standard of being able to do trees? So I started originally, I think I went, I spent years, I've always liked music, I've always liked listening to music and being into bands and I was always rubbish. I had a big step stretch of not really listening to new music, which I think a lot of people do, because no one around me was. And I started to discover stuff and I ended up, I think a big period of not going to gigs. So I feel like I've missed this big section of music and this big section of gigs that I would have enjoyed. And I started to go to more or try to go to more. And it was always me on my own because no one I none of my friends ever wanted to go and see the same bands as me or not. And I started to use it as a way of just being able to go to gigs and have something to do on your own. So before that, That's I really always kind of, always done photography. Um, I started doing a lot more when I started doing cricket photography. Okay. So, so my dad plays cricket. Um, so I was there. I've always been there, sort of every weekend or stuff. And I started bringing my camera along and taking photos. And people were like, oh, they let you on me. the pitch to get action shots. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> definitely against the rules. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't stand a foot over there, you get in trouble. And obviously, like, all the players were like, oh, did you get that shot of me? Did you get this? And you get okay. good feedback. And then I started doing things like if we had parties or a ball or some kind of event, I really liked doing those photos. Again, that kind of feeds back to the wedding stuff. You just sort of spot to a couple, kind of, and you knew they were a couple, and they were stood together, and they just sort of looked nice and relaxed because, you know, they knew they were, didn't think there was a camera on them, but there actually was. That's quite and cool. then, so I think I went to truck. I went to truck for the first year, and I was really old, and I was way older than everyone else. <laughs> and I'd never been before. I've been for like fifteen years, and I was like, no, this is like my first year. And I think I took some photos on my phone, and I was like, oh, I want to maybe I could try and do band photos. So I just looked up how to do it and like what the best way to get in was. And I think the next year, trees and truck, I took my camera along because trees are really good that you can take a camera in. And obviously, because they don't have an arena, you can just camp around the stages. There's no yeah. kind of in or out. You can have a camera and you can stand up to the barrier. You can't go in the photo pit. So I, I just went up to the barrier at trees and truck and just took photos. And then I posted them online and some of the bands, I think, um, all us on drugs um, and creeper and different bands that I'd taken photos from just from the barrier kind of retweeted them and posted them up and then I just cool. emailed out to different blogs um, and I think what, different sites in Alt Corner picked up one of them and they're like oh yeah we've already seen your photos because they were from the same bands and they're like yeah come and do this so I think once you've got a press contact that really helped because then you can get to the PRs and you can get into gigs and that was yeah. the best way of doing it and the same with local there's loads of local gigs going on all the time I took my camera everywhere I took it to like 
um, open mic nights in Oxford and just did that and just went to the pub and there was somebody playing but I'd take their photo and then you post it up online and you tag them and they see it and they like it and it just kind of grew from there really. What you're describing obviously that can escalate quite quickly can't it really? Yeah um, yeah it takes time and, it, and you end up yeah and it takes a bit of work. I messaged or someone messaged Ronan from Night Shift for me and said yeah. like Helen took some good photos because <laughs> I was too scared to do it. I was like no they won't want to see them. And for anybody who's listening, because no one's going to know what Night Shift is, but no. Night Shift is a fanzine based in Oxford, and it is yeah. one of the best local music fanzines in the UK. It is. It's, it, yeah, definitely one of the best. So right from the beginning, it was like, yeah, these photos are really great, and they got to go in. So then you've gotten in, and I did things like message festivals about shooting for the festivals. And then for Art Corner, I started looking after all the other photographers. So oh. I was the one getting the press passes for the live music reviews and looking after reviewers and the photographers and kind of bringing on younger ones and getting a relationship with the PR because that helps massively so you can be quite a small site or a small blog but if you've got that relationship and they can rely on you and they know that if you send someone out you know they'll do a good job they're right you know they'll turn up and yes liability and yeah yeah it, it really sort of helps I think building that up again for trees you know we'd get into trees with the photo pass because they knew that we'd do what we say we do we'd put up a review and we'd talk about the bands and we'd give a fair review how are you um adapting to to what's been going on this year because obviously there's no festivals going on everyone's cancelling their weddings you, you said yeah. you've got like the uh, a, a day job currently um yeah. but i just wondered how you're kind of dealing with um with what we're going through yeah it's it's been quite a big change i i feel quite lucky because i literally handed my notice in i've, I've kind of planned that i was going to hand my notice in at this point in kind of the end of march because I knew the wedding season was starting up, we would manage to book, t- book in enough weddings. Because the good thing was weddings is people book them in advance, so you kind of know of what's coming in. And the plan was quit the job and then give myself enough time to go out and get the extra bits of work. Because I do bits for um, Modern Art Gallery in Oxford, um, University of Oxford Music Department and different bits and pieces. So I thought if I've got the time, I can go out and do that. So yeah, I I planned that I was going to hand my notice in two weeks later, kind of lockdown kicked in um, and they said, do you want to stay? Because they wanted to hand over and help and it helped them. And I was like, yes. So it was, <laughs> it was a bit of a bit of a kick. So it was like, I had this planned, you know, this was the first time I was going to get to go freelance. I was going to, I had all this planned out. And obviously weddings, we had weddings starting from the start of March and those couples have had to postpone either to late in the year or to next year, which is really hard for them. So yeah. it's kind of looking after them and being quite proactive with them and talking to them about, can we move? Can we try and keep the dates for next year? So it's just kind of shifted a lot of what's going to happen this year into next year and delaying it for another year. Obviously, I had quite a few um, band shoots and artist shoots set up, which just got cancelled. And obviously, lots of artists, lots of bands have lost money. So it's like, are they yeah. going to be in a position where they can do a photo shoot afterwards? That might be difficult. You know, are bands going to come through it? Are they going to be able to you know keep going and... I always know as a photographer you're an advantage you don't have to have a photographer you don't have to take a photographer on tour you know you can if you want to you can do your own promo process you don't have to pay someone to do it it's always a a nice to have you know people can do without us so obviously if people are struggling we might struggle to be able to get kind of that extra work that we were hoping to be able to get but we're lucky that I can, I can do that I can carry on working I can carry on getting paid so I feel very lucky that I can just stay so, so the, the dream of being completely freelance will have to wait until next year then it will it will have to be on hold I think it'll probably happen I'll probably try and keep us going for the rest we'll see how it goes for this year yeah if yeah. you know small weddings or something can happen or maybe we'll be able to go out and do other shoots I think hopefully soon we should be able to do kind of distant shoots 
think the long lenses are going to come in very useful. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm thinking my 7200 is going to be really good because I can stand, yeah, 100 foot away from someone. And, yeah. You're going to start doing paparazzi stuff. Yeah, lots of lots of trunks. Loads of really, money. Um, Rake it in with a big rake. Yeah, I like I like the paparazzi stuff. I like the stuff where I can stand miles away. But I didn't know you were there. I didn't even realize. Ah. Yeah, so it's perfect. So just trying to make the best of that and just be glad that we can stay home and we're lucky enough that we can do that. You sound a little bit like a stalker now. So that's a bit yeah. <laughs> I'm a really good stalker. <laughs> a really good stalker. So, Helen, do you want to introduce your track? Yes. So my track is Katie Malko. And it's not her latest single, but it's the one before from her debut album. And it's called Brooklyn. And I just thought, one, I absolutely love the song. I think Katie Malko's brilliant. I think she's amazing. And... I like the fact I just thought it was appropriate because it's a video that she's put together while she's in lockdown and it's related to memories and it's kind of pieced together with bits that she's been filming. I just think she's done a great job while under lockdown trying to promote her album at the same time. And yeah, it's a lovely track, so I thought it'd be a good one.
And that was Katie Malco with her song, Brooklyn. Why are you doing it all suave? I just felt like, you know, mixing up a little, see how it works. You ruined it, that really high-pitched start of that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Katie uh, was, I think she released an album on Alcopop um, a long time ago. And I believe this is her, like, her first solo album, or I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, her new album, and it's absolutely cracking. It comes out on the 12th of June, so it's, it's literally brand new. It's not been released yet. And I think she had that dilemma a few weeks back where she's like, do I wait until this is all over? Do I just go ahead with it? And I think because she'd pressed vinyl, um, she just, she's just gone ahead with it. And so the album is now sold out in advance on vinyl. I managed to get myself what I believe is probably the last copy on Amazon today. <laughs> it's like pre-ordered it. One copy left on Smoky Green or whatever it is. Amazon so I've got the album I'm delighted she chose this Katie song because I didn't have to then so no good track good track right if any uh, musicians or bands or photographers or anybody wants to get in touch with us then you can drop us an email shareisolation at gmail.com and uh, we will have a read of your email and as I said we've been getting all kinds of great feedback and great information from all over the industry anyone who's been listening has been uh, having a say and it's all been really nice to, to hear your feedback so yeah, get get in touch with us. Um, we'll uh, if, if you've got a video to share, send us a link. We will put it in a future show. We will share it, particularly mm. from our general region, because that's the whole point of the podcast: is to support the local scene, Southwest. Um, yeah, get in touch, please. John, I tell you the best thing, right? Um, Go on, man. This, I've got this microphone, and it's plugged through this USB box, which is plugged into a mixing desk. It means every time one of my family walk past me, I can just bring the fader down, silence them, and turn it back up when they walk out the room. Oh, brilliant. You've got a mute yes. button. Basically, you've got a mute button. Why can't I have your mute button? That'd be far more entertaining. You could now. I mean, you've got six channels there. You could get bands into your house or into your garden Absolutely. anyway. Get bands into yeah. your garden. Uh, well, um, spoiler alert. So because Trees isn't going ahead this year, um, I'm going to have a garden party in my garden uh, <laughs> in... Hopefully, late July, although my birthday's in June, but be for my birthday, late July, I'm going to build a pallet stage out of pallets. I'm going to emulate the um, forest sessions. The best stages are made from pallets. The best, they are. The best things are made from pallets. You want to come to my house, everything's made out of pallets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Um, this During like... the dead of night, I go to like Wix and they've got like this compound out the back and I just go and nick pallets out the back. I ask permission first. It's not, it's not fair. Get up the impression that your garden's just full of rickety tree houses. <laughs> oh my god, this is right. So, John, I actually made myself a shed, an actual shed made out of pallets. And um, there's an old, like, folded out. I, I don't know. You, when you come, you'll see it. It's great. Yeah, don't spoil it for me. Don't spoil it for me. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We will be back next week, same time, same place, wherever you're listening and whatever time you're listening. But we will, our, our guest next week is James from 2000 Trees. Oh, good stuff. So, yes. 2000 Trees and Arc Tangent, both festivals that have had to postpone until next year. Funny enough, we have also, uh, we've got a lady called uh, Gok, who's also going to go do a future interview with us. And she is the co-founder of Arc Tangent. So we're going to do them both separately. Oh. Lovely job. All right, Kieran, you're an absolute star for finding all these Here's people John. to talk to. Look after yourself. You too. I know you will. See you next week. All Take right, care. Bye. bye. See ya.